Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be back to podcasting today after a brief hiatus. And my guest today is Sandra Bryant. She is the Executive Director of All People's Community Center. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Marsha. Really, I, I'm, I, for those of you that, that may or may not know how I operate these podcasts, when I don't know my guests ahead of time, I like to talk to them and establish a report. It just makes the conversation feel like a conversation and not an interview. And I have to tell you, you're going to love this show today because Sandra is really remarkable. And I thought we could just start off by having you just just share a little bit about yourself and your background. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm a native Angelino. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, uh, graduated from high school and attended Cal Poly in Pomona for undergraduate. And I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville for graduate school, and my master's is in social work, uh, administration, and planning for children and families. Wow, that's so neat. You know, it's so interesting because when you do podcasts, people can be from anywhere in the country, and you grew up in South Central. I'm just curious, since I grew up here in Westchester, what high school did you go to? I went to L.A. High School. I graduated from uh-huh. L.A. High School and yeah. and just celebrated my 50th uh, high school reunion. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, gosh, there's so many. I could spend the whole hour just talking to you about that because I am that person, you might imagine, that that is the spearhead for every single high school reunion we've had. And we've I'm a little ahead of you. So we've already had 55, but um, oh. it, it's. It, but I'm very familiar with LA High School. Um, so anyway, but we're but that's we're not talking about high school today. What we are going to be talking about is All People's Community Center, and when when did that when did that community center begin? All People's began in 1942. It was originally a church, a Japanese Christian church and institute, and with the uh, war and the relocation of Japanese Americans, there was a vacant building, and the Christian church wanted to still have a presence in the community and sent uh, Pastor Dan Jinang uh, with his wife to began services, and as they went door to door and they were talking with the women because the men were away at war, they said, we need child care and we need youth programs. And that is essentially how we started with a cooperative daycare program with youth clubs and just have continued to evolve over the last 81 years. Wow. Isn't that, what a legacy I mean, truly, what a legacy. That is just remarkable. Uh, so tell for people that are not familiar with the L.A. area and, and areas like that, who, who and what area do all peoples serve? So we are the beginning of South Central Los Angeles, so we're right on the edge of South L.A. and downtown L.A., um, and the community that we serve now is predominantly Latinx. Uh, but I do want to say this. When we started, uh, the community was predominantly Japanese-American. It was still a multiracial mm-hmm. neighborhood. Uh, and then in the 50s and 60s, there was a transition, and the community became predominantly African-American uh, because of individuals migrating from the South. 
And then late 70s and 80s is when we had another transition uh, becoming uh, more Latinx. So we have transitioned from three different groups and still remain relevant uh, to the community in providing services and support. That's wonderful. Okay, so a little backstory. I read that at All Peoples, when you were you you went there when you were two years old, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so um, oh, I love that. I was born and raised two blocks uh, away mm. from All Peoples, and uh, my parents had to both work in order to support our family, and they needed childcare. And my mom found out that All Peoples had a childcare program. And she brought me here. Uh, so I started in the child care program. Um, we had an after-school program. My older brothers, they came to the after-school program. Uh, so essentially, this was a place that raised me. I spent mm-hmm. um, all of my hours when they were working here. Uh, this was my first job, in fact, when I was 14 years old uh, during the summer uh, they hired uh, a number of the youth, similar to the work programs now for young people. Um, mm-hmm. And so this has always been a part of my life. Wow. What did you do at 14? What was what was that first responsibility? The, well, we, we had a, a summer day camp program. So mm-hmm. I was one of the um, older youth who helped out with the younger youth that were um, seven and eight years old. Uh, mm-hmm. So we would be in, you know, helping them with the activities, whether it was arts and cla- crafts or sports activities or preparing lunch. Um, again, whatever, whatever at 14, whatever they needed us to do, including sure. cleaning up. <laughs> and you can walk there, right? Close to your oh, home? Yes. Is that, that, that yes, so I mean, how, lot. right. That is just, Terrific. I, I can appreciate, and and I and it's going to become more and more relevant as we have our conversation together. What a part of your entire life this organization has been. But back in those days, before you, you weren't the executive director. Who knew, right? Who knew when you were fourteen that that was going to be your career? Who was the executive director back then? And tell us about him. The uh, executive director at that time was Tom Norwood. Uh, He was a social worker as well. He was a minister as well. Um, And one of the things I I remember in in growing up, uh, you know, is when I was a teenager, we would talk about, well, can we do this now? And they would always say, no, we have to talk to the director, which is Tom. We'll have to go to Tom. And so I learned at a young age that that was the most important person in this building mm-hmm. was Tom <laughs> because that's who was able to make the the final decisions. Uh, and a lot of his responsibilities in raising funds to keep the center open and bring programs mm-hmm. and activities uh, for all of us. Uh, but again, I knew that I needed an education in order to be in the position to make decisions. I, I never thought that I would be able to come here and make those decisions, I just knew I wanted to make them uh, wherever my career uh, took me. And I Mm -hmm. have been truly blessed that it brought me back home. Really? That's so so true. And, you know, when you you kind of look back in your mind's eye and you think about your history and then – and your education, um, let's face it, you got a very extensive education, and that's – that in itself is an accomplishment, and I'm sure that your parents were very proud of you that you got a master's degree in social work. I mean, that's really that's that's outstanding. So, with all of this education, coupled with your personal experience, how long have you served as the executive director at All People's Community Center? Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fortieth 
Oh my gosh! This is my gosh. 40th year uh, that uh, gosh. I have been executive director. So it it has been a a, a lifelong um, gratifying experience um, that I never imagined would happen. Um, but here I am, <laughs> 40 years later. Wow, it, and I'm sure you've seen well just just the community itself, but I'm sure you've seen so many changes. I I mean, really, if you think about just what we have seen wherever you live in these last few years with the pandemic and how that just really rotated everything in life, you know, and and how people were were working, working from home all the different things, and I, I just, it's amazing. Uh, I, I think there's a book inside you somewhere that, you know, maybe if you've got the time, and maybe maybe you're saying to yourself, this is about the last thing in the world I want to do. I want to just go sit on the beach somewhere and let the waves splash against my feet. <laughs> but I can imagine that you probably would be able to write an incredible book about what you've done. And did your mom also worked there for a while as well? Yes, yes. When when we were children, my mom started out as a volunteer. Um, and then uh, after volunteering, a uh, position became available for secretary. So she worked as secretary uh, for a year or so and then moved up to family worker. Uh, and then from there, she moved into a position of director of retired senior and volunteer program. Uh, so my mom has always been um, such a, a giving person uh, in the community, in the neighborhood. She was someone that uh, many people would come to, and all of the work that she was doing, um, <clears throat> it made sense for her to become a part of all peoples as as well. My mom was the first person in her family to graduate from high school. So um, that was a a major accomplishment. And she always pushed education. Uh, And so for me to be the first person to graduate from college uh, and then to go on and obtain my master's, uh, she was very, very proud. My dad passed when I was 18, uh, oh, so my mom was, thank you, my mom was that person. She was my rock, um, most definitely, uh, through throughout my whole life. I just yes. lost her last year. Uh, but she lived to be 98 years old. So Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Sandra. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. So she saw you. She saw the the circle of life. I'm hearing. I'm hearing a song in my brain right now. So she saw you come to that same organization that she was starting as a volunteer, and then she was a secretary, and then she was a family worker, and then she was director of the retired senior program. But she saw you being the executive director. She did. I she just, did. And and oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's and this is. Also unusual, uh, we worked together for a year and a half before she retired. And a lot of people ask me, well, how did that work? And (laughs) we had an agreement from 9 to 5, I was the executive director. So essentially I was her boss. And after 5 or 5.30, I was her daughter. And uh, it worked because she wanted me to succeed. And so whatever we had to do to make that happen, um, she did. She did. That's a, that's a beautiful story. Um, and and uh, do, do, I don't remember if you said, so excuse me if you did. Do you, do you also have children? Yes, I do. I have okay. one son. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So and... I was just thinking... <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I'm just I'm excited, and I tend to do that. So I, I just let me apologize because it'll probably happen for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> but I guess what I'm thinking is, as the mom, now I like I said I don't know what your son does or his professional background, but I I would just say 
I'm putting my position myself in your mom's shoes and I'm putting myself mm-hmm. in your shoes. And how many people can really say tell stories like that? Are there other similar stories like that at all people's? Yes, yes, it it <laughs> yes, it is. Uh one of the other persons that I was thinking about is our current youth director, uh, Daisy. Uh, she enrolled in the program, I believe she was eight years old, in our after-school program. And her mom, uh, who was also working here uh, at that time, uh, and so Daisy and her mom um, worked, well, she was growing up in the program and then was hired mm-hmm. on as a youth coordinator uh, and then advanced, graduated from college as well, and then became the youth director. Her mom uh, moved on, but again, because we really focus on being able to hire uh, people from the community, 40% of our staff are former um, summer youth workers or program participants or are um social work interns, that we are really committed to being able to empower the community. And by doing that, uh, hiring people from the community, they serve as role models to everyone else to say that you can change your circumstances Mm -hmm. or it is possible. Um, And, you know, that's, that's what I think is really unique and special about the work that we do. And it is multi-generational. I, I mean, I'm just hearing what you're saying. And, you know, I I, I have a background um, with the YMCA, and it's mm-hmm. right in my community, and that's where I started working when my kids went off to college. But so many of the people that grew up in this community, I did not go to the YMCA as a youth. Um, but for those people that grew up here and then went and – were children at the Y and then got jobs working mm-hmm. like just similar to what you're saying at the summer camp or or whatever mm-hmm. they might have been doing. Um, there's something very, I don't know, loving. Maybe that's just the word that comes to my mind when you think about mm-hmm. those kinds of experiences. Everybody doesn't have them, and I, and I understand mm-hmm. that. But I, I do think when that does happen, it really brings um, a special light to the organization and I just wanted to mention just very quickly for those of you that are listening there is a website that you can visit and I'm going to just tell you what that is but I will have it included in my blog when we're when the show is over but you can just simply go to all it's all one word all peoples and that's a plural s c c dot org so all peoples cc.org and you will see this beautiful um, page and all the different um, areas that you can learn about, get involved and do all these. It's a beautiful website. So I just wanted people to be aware that you do have a website that they can visit. But I thought we could spend some time now talking about some of the areas that you spend a lot of time in um, and helping the local families. So why don't we start off? I know there's four elements that we want to talk about. So let's start with food insecurity. Tell us what you guys are doing in regards to that. So with our food, um, with our food uh, security department, we have a number of programs. Uh, one of them, our supplemental food program, where we provide fresh uh, produce. Um, canned good items, uh, staples. Um, Sometimes we're able to acquire meats and milk and cheese and other products, Mm. but families are able to come in uh, once a week uh, and pick up um, these items. It's probably, I would say, about $100 to $150 worth of groceries and you know, during times of inflation, that may not mean as much as it did before, yes. but it's significant, you know, for our our families. Uh, and so 
We have pickups on Friday and twice a month on Saturday for those individuals that are working. All of our Mm -hmm. families that are coming in are living at the poverty level, and so this makes a significant difference uh, for them to be able to stretch their resources. We also have another program, our Senior Food Delivery Program, and that program is for any uh, person that is 55 years or older or someone that may have a um, physical impairment uh, Mm -hmm. and is not able to come in, and we will deliver twice a month uh, to the seniors. We started this during the pandemic, uh, Mm -hmm. and even though things have changed, we also realize that it's still necessary for a number of our elderly because they don't have other options of being able to come in. Uh, And then we have about uh, 50 families that are coming in twice a month, and they receive um, a box of uh, food items uh, as well. Um, And I forgot to mention, with the supplemental food program, it's, it's just not food. We have diapers. We have hygiene products. We have um all things, sometimes we have additional clothing that's available, but it's just a, a resource uh, for our, our families. That is just phenomenal. Do they, do they have to um, apply and be approved, is, is, or do they just say we need this help well, and they just come? It's, it, they, they do have to register, uh, and okay. the registration basically is – you know, um, knowing that they're in our geographical area of service Mm -hmm. and also verifying in terms of income because, as I mentioned, our eligibility is that these are families. We want to be able to serve the families who are most in need of the services, so the qualifications Mm -hmm. are that their income has to be um, within um, or the poverty level or below. Right. Uh, I see. And then one other uh, program, we also have a community farm across the street from our center, uh, and we have 22 beds, uh, and these are family beds. Uh, and they're able to grow whatever they decide to grow. But as a part of that, we also have workshops, we have cooking classes, mm. we have classes on, you know, on, on growing, what's the right time to plant. Uh, and it becomes a kind of community hub where people are coming together, talking about food justice issues. Um, again, it becomes a place to bring Uh, the community together, and even if you don't have a bed, uh, you're still able to come to the workshops because some people have space at home. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's our other uh, food security component. Wow. So let's talk talk briefly about the education component and how that applies to All People's Community Center. Well, as, as one of our values, we believe strongly that education uh, is one essential, um, one essential component in order to break the cycle of generational poverty, and that could be both formal and informal education. Uh, so with our after-school program, uh, which is more of a, a comprehensive program, uh, it does include tutoring, um, We help the young people with um, their homework. It's a very structured program. Uh, And then there are other activities in sports and recreation, similar to Mm -hmm. YMCA, a Boys and Girls Club. And we also have our our, uh, college corner. And our college corner, we focus on helping young people with completing their um, applications for college. We have monthly college tours where we take both the parents and the students, uh, and we go to all, all campuses. So we'll go to a junior college. We'll go to a private college. We'll go to the UC. We'll go to the Cal State. 
we believe that college is possible. And so our goal is to expose young people to and their families to all of these various opportunities. And then our goal is to help them to to get there, to make sure that um, that is possible for them. Many of our young people are first-time, um, first-generation college students. And mm-hmm. as one myself, I understand how important that is and how critical that is. Uh, we also offer ESL classes um, in the mornings and in the evenings uh, for our uh, adults, for our families. Um, and And again, always just looking for how is it that we can continue uh, to give our, our families the opportunities um, that perhaps they would not have uh, been able to avail themselves of uh, without our assistance? How do they hear about you to start with? Do they hear about this from the schools that they had about what you offer? We do, uh, sometimes from the schools. And, and when you've been in a community in the same location for 81 years, I think word of mouth <laughs> is yeah, really the best way because I can mm-hmm. tell you after the 40 years, I'm 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 looking at the uh, children and grandchildren and yes. you know the parents because you know we have the daycare center and so again they may start out in the daycare center but they are with us. Our our goal is to have them with us as from first grade all the way up to 12th grade uh, and working with the families um, in this process. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And I imagine that a lot of your staff are bilingual. Yes, yes. Yes, Um, I would think that's true. 70% 70 of our our staff are bilingual. That's wonderful. What about the the financial side of life? What's the financial literacy like? So that that is another component that you know we find is really critical is our financial literacy, financial coaching, and we have a, a couple of different uh, programs. We are a family source center for the city of Los Angeles, one of sixteen, uh, and so with that, with our financial literacy, it's having workshops uh, for individuals who participate in the program so they can learn about budgeting, they can learn about uh, credit, they can learn uh, about uh, various banking and banking products Mm -hmm. and all of that. And all of that is important. And then we have taken it uh, to the next level because of our sponsors. Uh, One of the programs I'm really excited about is we have our financial literacy for our our youth. So starting with the uh, elementary, the fourth and fifth graders, middle school and high school students, uh, they are able to save. It's a 20-week program. They're able to save a dollar for the younger ones, although they can go higher, or $5 for the higher grades, middle school and high school, for 20 weeks. Within those 20 weeks, each week they have a uh, an hour financial literacy workshop talking about the wow. same things that we would talk about with their parents. At the end of the 20 weeks, however much they've saved, then we match that two to one. So if they've saved $100, they end the sessions with $300. Um, and again, focusing on um, the financial education. Uh, that's really important because you don't necessarily receive that in school in the same no. way. And so we know no. how uh, important that is. And then we also have uh, a savings program that we've introduced uh, as a pilot last year with a group of our, uh, our parents, our uh, women's group, uh, and they have set their goal. They have their own officers and their own uh, mm-hmm. constitution or bylaws, and they set goals of how much they want to save. Um, so they're saving for a goal. And, and if you ask me, I was so excited because one of our mm-hmm. uh, mothers was able to save for a down payment uh, on a home. That was her goal. <gasps> 
uh, and over the year she was able to put money aside, you know, and um, she is um, was able to purchase a home, you know. Um, with, <laughs> but oh, again, I mean, it's, 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 I'm telling you, this is a book. Sandra, this is a book. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, this is everything you say is so inspiring, and I don't know. Maybe somebody is listening that lives. You know, I, I mentioned Detroit, I guess, because my husband's from Detroit, was he from Detroit? Um, but somebody could be listening somewhere right now and going, "We need to do something like this in our community. Our community needs something like this." You never know in a conversation how people can be inspired. And I'm just listening to this. This could be a four-hour podcast, but it's not Um, uh, because of all the things that you're doing. I wanted to ask one more um, area that I know that you spend time on, which is also very important and unfortunately not a very pleasant pleasant topic, Mm -hmm. and that is domestic violence because I, I'm, I'm guessing the fact that you have that means that there is a concern for that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yes, um, we do have a domestic violence support group. Um, it is a, a domestic violence prevention support group. It is a 26-week program uh, for women, and, again, they're – as part of the support group, there are the conversations about breaking the cycle of violence, about having information of how to um, have a, a safe place, how to get a temporary restraining order, um, you know, what are the things that you need to do. But coupled with that, we are partnered with um, – we partner with a program where uh, we use art <clears throat> as a form of expression. Mm. A window between worlds is the is the organization, and so every other week, then the women are involved in in using art as a way of expressing themselves. And so, you you know, you will find that sometimes women just starting in the group, they're very quiet, they're very withdrawn, but this gives them an outlet to be able to talk, if you will, through the activities and and using art as a way of doing that. Um, And the one thing I think is really interesting about the program is one of our interns, our social work interns, um, who we hired, came to me and said, this is an issue in the community that a lot of the mothers are coming to me and they're very concerned. And so it started out, again, as a pilot, but it is something that grew out of the community saying, this is what we need from you. And if anyone asks me, I think that's why we've survived the 81 years, because we listen to what the community says is important to them, and then we try to find a way to be able to provide them uh, that service or be able to respond uh, to the needs that they've talked about. Um, And, again, with this particular, you're right, this issue is, it it is uncomfortable, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it is so necessary because it breaks my heart, you know, to Mm. see on the news when uh, someone loses their life, um, you know, because of a a domestic violence situation. And so the more that we can do to be able to help, you know, our families understand that because people don't realize how the children are impacted. Yes. Uh, because we don't think that they see it, and we don't mm. think that they recognize it. But the issue is, what what are we teaching our our children? What are we teaching our boys? And what are we teaching our girls about violence? That it's acceptable, that it's normal. Um, again, we have to break that that cycle. Uh, yes. And so those are some of the issues that we address. Wow! Wow! I feel like you should be replicated in so many different parts of this country. Are there um, other key programs that you could tell us a little bit about? 
because I, I can't imagine. Well, These alone are just <laughs> unbelievable. My gosh. Is it? <laughs> well, I think when we were talking, I was talking about the financial literacy. One of the other things that we do is we are a VITA center, meaning that we provide free tax services during tax season, uh, which is really important, uh, particularly for the earned income tax credit, because a number of mm-hmm. people don't realize that they're eligible. And California, you know, the, the country, but California leaves so much money on the table uh, every year, millions of dollars, because individuals don't realize that they can qualify for the earned income tax credit. So our role is not only providing the free tax services, but getting out in the community and talking to people and, you know, letting them know that this is something that could be able to support them and their families. Um, And we have our financial coaches, you know, that are also available to kind of talk about people are excited about the refund, right? But at the same time, you want to say, yes, that's really great to have the refund. Have you thought about this, right? Have you thought about putting a little bit of that money away for savings or, you know, again, it's like you have this money coming in. What are some options and are you interested in finding out more of how that money, you know, can multiply or how that money would Mm be available? Um, I think the other piece that we've talked about because, you know, our community uh, is a low-income community, uh, we do partner with the WorkSource Center. And so we are involved with helping, you know, adults in, in terms of finding employment, helping them with their resume, doing workshops on interviewing. So we have that for the adults, and then we also have our youth employment piece where we uh, provide uh, paid work experience for our youth, uh, 14 to 24 years old, and they receive 120 hours of paid work experience. And part of that is 20 hours of work readiness and, again, financial literacy. Uh, because they are having income to come in, and it's really important, again, to start talking about financial literacy, financial education. So mm-hmm. that's um, some of the other programs that we do. Um, but we're like the hub of the community. So yes. community um, you know, forums, uh, town hall meetings, things like that, uh, because we do have the center. Uh, people know that it is uh, available uh, for us. We work with um, CADESN, which provides immigration, uh, legal Im- immigration services. We also have a um, an attorney that volunteers their time to do consultations on tenants' rights. Uh, we provide um, uh, assistance. Uh, we've been helping families with um, sometimes with rental arrears if they qualify or with utility assistance. Uh, one of the things about being in the community is we didn't close during the pandemic. Uh, we were open every day. Our staff came in mm-hmm. and, and we were, because we knew how critical it was because so many of our families worked uh, either in, in hospitality and restaurants or they worked in the garment district and many of them, you know, lost their jobs uh, during sure. the pandemic. And so having our food program, being able to give mm-hmm. assistance, whether it was grocery cards or uh, just uh, EBT cards or helping with rent, all of those things, you know, became critical. And so we were Still open. Our staff came in. We looked at ways to make um, our facilities safer, um, you know, in terms of gloves and masks and shields and mm-hmm. all of those things. But we needed to be here. We uh, we could not work from home. The kind of work we do is not the work you can do remotely. You have to be face to face, if you will, uh, with with our families. Right, I, exactly, and I'm, maybe you have a moment to just share one fabulous success story or 
case study that you're really mm-hmm. proud of. There's probably so many uh-huh. that could go. That could be another chapter <laughs> in your book. I'm just saying. Okay. No. Oh man. Gosh. Well, gosh. You know, it 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 is is is. There are so many different stories and so many folks that I'm I'm really proud of. Um, I was thinking about that and I thought about one um, young woman uh, who came to us, uh, actually came to us as a community service. Um, She um, had gotten some tickets and needed to do community service hours for those tickets. And so that was our Mm -hmm. first introduction. Um, And I was walking down the hallway one day and she just walked up to me and said, um, do you need someone to work for you? I'm, I'm, I will be a good worker. I need a job when I finish my hours. And, yes. you know, and that, that, that was like pretty uh, assertive. And I thought, oh, that was bold, right? There. Sure. Yes, yes. So, but I could appreciate that. And it just so happened we had a receptionist position uh, become available. Uh, and so we hired her. Uh, and uh, watched her grow, and and after uh, a few years of her working here, she left us and went to work uh, for uh, another nonprofit agency, which was really great because we still had contact. And then from there, she went on to another agency where she worked up and became uh, a, a program director for one of their um, uh, gang prevention programs. Wow. Um, But, you know, and so I I see her in meetings now because she's the program director, and I am always so proud of her because, you know, that young person, you know, several years ago who just, you know, had something in her. It was kind of like, you know, that diamond in the rough, and all she needed was an opportunity. And and that's what I think is so important, you know, about all peoples, that we give individuals an opportunity. And not that they necessarily have to stay here like I Mm -hmm. did, uh, but it's a a stepping stone. Um, And when I see them go on and when I see them do well, I'm I'm always excited um, about their progress. Yes. yes. Are you involved in, like, the Chamber of Commerce and Rotary and those kinds of clubs as well? Do people – are you involved in those I'm, kind of <laughs> – well, I'm involved in the Lions Club. Uh, oh, Lions, okay. LA Host Lions. Yes, the Lions. Uh, I was actually the first oh, that's right. uh, female <laughs> yes. member of the LA Host Club uh, when they opened the club to women. In 1987, yes. I was invited to become a member of the club. So, uh. And you went on to do more than just be a member, but I wrote about yes. you in the blog. People will have to read about how you are just – I want you to be my next-door neighbor. I, I, just, I am just so taken by – all of what you've done, and, and, and now you're retiring. It's like, oh, they must, they must be freaking out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you earned it. It's time. And I, I guess yeah. your board of directors has announced a legacy fund in your honor, and I know you're having a big event next month for all, um, a, a fundraiser for all people's um, community center downtown in L.A. Um, on the 28th. Mm-hmm. And I know that if people are listening and they would like to attend because they're close. There's a way they can do that. If you don't, if you're not able to attend, but you would like to support this, um, let's talk a little bit about this, about this fundraiser in your honor, what the goal is, and what it'll be used for. <laughs> okay. So exciting! So, My um, gosh. The, yeah. So every year, um, we for the last. Uh, 10 years, we've had an annual fundraising event uh, to raise money for the programs of the community center. So that's the event on September the 28th. And you're Mm -hmm. right, people can go to the website and right at the top of the website, there's 
a uh, you can click on the scrolling button that says how to get tickets or find out more information. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, because I am retiring, as you said, the board established the uh, Sandra Bryant Legacy Fund, uh, and our goal is to raise uh, half a million dollars uh, for this fund. And when they asked me about which program or activity um, I would like the fund uh, to support, I had a very difficult time saying putting one program over another. Yes. Uh, and the reason for that is is because I was raised here, and so it wasn't just one program that helped me or helped my family. There were multiple programs that it was all peoples that helped and supported my family, that helped to shape me, um, you know, and into the person that I believe that I am today. And so I couldn't, um, I couldn't make a decision, you know, kind of like uh, I wanted to be like Solomon, right, <laughs> and say, right. you how choose do one child the baby over another. How do you do that, right? <laughs> yes, yes, you can't. Oh you really can't. And no. so for me, it was this legacy should support the continuation of the center. Uh, we have been here for 81 years. I my legacy that I want to leave is that we continue another 81 years and beyond because sure. I think that it is it is essential and it's critical that the work that we do to support uh, individuals in this community. Uh, mm-hmm. And we would not have survived if we didn't get some of it right, <laughs> you know? Correct, correct. Um, you, you, so, you had to have gotten some of it right. <laughs> Oh, well, yes. you know, your um, team your team plays mm-hmm. a big part in that. And when your team oftentimes is comprised of people like yourself that went through the programs, there is such um, an, an association, an attachment, and a desire to continue, mm-hmm. just like what you've said. You know, no program is perfect. Every program has these areas we would like to improve, and that, that goes without mm-hmm. saying. But but mm-hmm. that's but that's that's the same in life. I don't care if you're in the nonprofit world or you're in the you're an attorney. There's just things. Right. But the fact that you're able to do this, and I would imagine that you have some pretty major sponsors um, involved in this. Who are your sponsors? Yeah. So our one of our major sponsors is Angel City, uh, the Angel oh, yes. City uh, football. Uh, club yep. and they're they're new on the scene, but they are just incredible in terms of partnership because mm-hmm. it's not only the partnership of their financial resources um, it's it's more than that it's the partnership of having volunteers it's the partnership of of working with us it's 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 everything that you would uh, everything that I think when I think of um, corporate and nonprofit relationships, this is the standard of what mm-hmm. all businesses should look like uh, because it's not just writing a check uh, and saying, okay, but they are, they started with us even before they had their first game. Um, they mm-hmm. were involved in helping us uh, with Christmas and a lot of our financial and food uh, programs are as a result of this partnership because they bring in other partners. Uh, so right. Angel City is responsible. DoorDash is one of um, our major partners. Uh, Crypto.com um, is also because of the relationship with Angel City and also right. Code 4. Uh, so they've done things in order to introduce us to people that we probably would not have met on our own. Um, right. You know, and I know that that relationship would um, definitely uh, continue uh, with them. Mm-hmm. We've also mm-hmm. worked with uh, AG, AEG for a number of years, uh, probably over 20, 20 years. And in fact, when a when this Staples Center, now Crypto.com, when the Staples Center was first built, 
uh, AEG, uh, again, was one of our partners and have continued mm-hmm. to work with us uh, over the years. Uh, so we're really proud of those sponsorships as, as well as the Capital Group. Uh, we have board members who work for the Capital Group, um, and they have been involved with us for the last uh, five five to seven years. Um, but again, I mean, as any nonprofit organization, I'm sure you know for all of us, it's having a diverse funding base always. Absolutely. And so we're always looking for corporate spon- sponsors or partnerships, uh, individual donors, um, all of that. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing. On If you What's go that? to the website, which I hope you will, yes. when you go to mm-hmm. the website for the Sandra Bryant Legacy Fund, you would push the donate button on the on the far right side and then mm-hmm. yes and then you'll push the donate button again and that will take you where you'll see how you can make a donation to the Sandra Bryant Legacy Fund. I just I I have goosebumps um because <laughs> of who you are, what you represent, who not what but well, what maybe is maybe the right word or not the right word, but the things that, that you are continuing to do to service the needs of the community, because as you mentioned, the community has changed greatly. What what high school do those kids that come to um, us um, to your program? What high school do they typically attend? Our closest high school is Santee. Uh, high okay. school. Uh, so we have uh, young people that attend Santee High School. We also have uh, some of the charter schools, the Animal mm-hmm. um, yes. uh, Green Dot Charter Schools, and so we have students that come from the Animal Schools. Um, mm-hmm. But we take students from all the schools in the area, uh, Wonderful. including um, charter and even uh, private St. Terebius Catholic School is not very sure. far from us, and so we may mm-hmm. have students from St. Terebius. Um, but the one thing, our name, our name says it all. We are all people, so we are open and welcoming to all. And so, okay, so you're you're going to be going to this wonderful um, tribute to yourself, but obviously the show must go on. So tell us a little bit about the successor that's going to be filling shoes that her feet are not going to be big enough for. <laughs> well, I'm I, I am excited. The, <laughs> the, the board uh, has uh, hired uh, Brandy mm-hmm. Muniz, uh, and Brandy started as executive director-elect uh, July 1st, so we have had we are having this opportunity to work together as part of uh, the transition parts process, which I think is important. Uh, Brandy uh, was born and raised in San Diego, but um, has been was living in the Bay Area, uh, okay. where she was working with a project, the Alameda Point Collaborative, and that was a, a project. Uh, it's Transitional and uh, permanent housing uh, for about 500 families. They're on a um, Navy base, uh, about 35 acres. Uh, And Mm. it's really interesting because that was like a little community, if you will. And she Mm -hmm. worked there starting out as a volunteer and then moved into uh, the role of director of development. and here in Los Angeles, uh, she was director of HopeNet, which is a uh, food uh, program in Los Angeles, and yeah. also was working at LA Family Housing before she came uh, to us. Uh, so she's had a, a breadth of experience. Um, yes. She is really, you know, excited about being here, mm-hmm. which is you know, really great because she wanted to get back to being in the community and working, um, you know, with with community members closely. Um, and so that that was something that was kind of a part of her 
uh, motivation for applying for the position. Um, oh, that's so great. Are, you must be yeah. really excited, I'm sure. So, oh, yes, okay, definitely. my friend, my my new best friend, <laughs> you're going to retire. It's going to yes. be like, oh, my God, it, it's, I, I don't have to go into work today. Uh-oh, uh-oh, what, now what do I do? What's my purpose? How do I get involved? What do I do? So... What do you? Uh, you're not gonna. You're, you're not gonna just walk away. You're gonna be doing something with them. But what? What are your plans? Um, um, because I, you know, you just that's been your life. So, but what are you planning to do in your retirement? Are you gonna travel? What are you, What are you gonna do? So this this has been my life, but also uh-huh. uh, my husband has has sacrificed for me to have this life, and mm-hmm. he has been retired for 18 years. Oh so my goodness! He is definitely ready <laughs> for yes. me to be retired, and right. we are going to travel. Uh, we plan on going to Nassau in December. That will be our first mm-hmm. uh, kind of stop, and <clears throat> we've talked about taking a train across country, um, mm. taking an Alaskan cruise. Just, yes, I've uh, done going that to too. DC. Yes, so yep. going to DC, but and also it it provides an opportunity for me to um reconnect uh with family. I have a lot of yes. family in Texas and so oh. um we're going to visit them and probably take a week and a half because of everybody that's there. Um uh, uh-huh. we have uh good friends in Oklahoma. Um you know, just traveling, doing that, but and in addition to that, I have so I told you I had a son. I have three grandchildren right. and oh. one great-grand. Oh so, my gosh. Again, yes. <laughs> yes. So that I am excited about because I'll be able to go to soccer games for for the oh, young ones, yes. soccer games and um, plays and whatever they're in. I'll be able Absolutely. to go. Uh, it won't be a problem. Um, and then I have things that I just want to do for me. You know, I yes. I want to take a cooking class. Uh, there you just go. Because. Uh, I I have a lot of jewelry that that I've either broken or something, so I want to take a jewelry class so I can fix it because I really like it. Um, That's you know, funny. Just, yeah, just different things that you know I just have a chance now to do whatever it is that I would like to do, and I Absolutely. don't have to think about any other obligations except for. Is this something that I want to spend my time doing? You know, it's 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 a beautiful place to be where you where you've just described, and um, the fact that you already have some ideas on those kinds of things. Because let's face it, you've lived a purposeful life for as long as you can remember. You don't remember not living a purposeful life. That that's just your DNA. That's just what you do, and and so you will find a purpose that will also, like you like you mentioned, a cooking class or that jewelry class or just mm-hmm. going and visiting families where you're not constantly saying, oh, you know, wait, I got to take this call. You know, no, mm-hmm. you don't have to take that call. That that call is going to go to um, your new person. She's going to take that call. You get to just be present. But I'm going to tell you, you probably already know this, it's not easy to go from the lifestyle that you've been maintaining for these 40-plus years to an entirely different lifestyle. And there's going to be some adjustment there for you. But technology today, look at the technology today that just wasn't around all those years ago. You know, you can get on a Zoom call if you need to and, you can get on mm-hmm. FaceTime if you need to, and you can do those mm-hmm. things. But you, you also can. You're gonna. You know what else you're gonna do that's different? You're gonna dress differently. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, you are going to dress differently. You're gonna be wearing joggers just like me, and a pair of tennis shoes and a sweatshirt. And you're gonna say, "Good, I don't need to dress up for this because I'm about to take a walk." Do you have an Apple Watch by any chance? No, I don't. I okay. don't. I'm an Android well, person. <laughs> 
Okay, well then you don't have to worry about getting those three darn rings that I seem to have just be so compelled to do every day. So that's just as well, you know, one less thing for you to have to manage. But I bet you will mm-hmm. get some walking in. I bet you will get some exercise in. And oh, yes. I bet you get yes. to just choose. And I just um I just think that it's fabulous and I just feel so grateful that here you are on your way from this new onto this new lifestyle that you were able to spend this time with me today letting people know what it is that you've done all these years and the impact you may never know to the degree of the impact that you have had on the families that have come to you i'm sure that it could bring tears to your eyes i'm sure that mm-hmm. you could touch your heart and say wow Look what I've, look what, not, aren't I the greatest in the world? You're, you're too humble. That isn't who you are. You're a humble person. (laughs) But the fact that you've been associated making such an enormous difference in a community is just, must just be so gratifying and makes you feel so loved. And I've loved getting to know you. And and I think that your event on the 28th is going to be beautiful. Like I said, everybody, you can you can certainly visit the website. You can learn more. Uh, you can donate. You can do whatever you'd like. But I just want to say to you, Sandra, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of this with me. This has been a wonderful way to start the week. Fabulous. Well, thank you, Marcia. I really appreciate it. And, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to spread the word about a great organization. You bet. All right, everybody. Well, you'll be thinking about Sandra as you get on with the rest of your week. And I'll be back. I'll be back. I don't know why I feel like I have to say that like him. I'll be back. But I will be back, even though Labor Day is a Monday, um, September the 4th. I will be having a podcast that day, so the show must go on, as they say. So thank you once again. I'm going to let you get on with your afternoon. And everybody listening, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon as well. Bye for now.